Hello and welcome to this episode of the podcast. So we're at episode 21 now. Any of you who saw my post the other day um, after I posted episode 20 will know why this is such a big deal. Um, for those who don't, apparently something like 80% or 90% of podcasts don't make it past episode 3. And then of that, another 80 to 90% don't make it past episode 20. So the fact that I've made it this far feels pretty good, I won't lie. Um, it kind of brought up this idea, you know, it made me think of this idea of uh, a lot of the time getting somewhere, um, getting results or achieving things is quite often just about putting in the reps, just doing it and doing it consistently or for long enough that you eventually reach your goal. So yeah, a little bit of a celebratory milestone there. Um, so that's quite a nice one to achieve. But onto this episode of the podcast. I am doing another Q&A episode just because I really enjoyed doing the last one. Um, I feel like I can do them in a slightly different format. Uh, I'm trying to get better. Um, speaking of, you know, doing things and doing them a lot and practicing them. I'm trying to get better at just talking. Um, not that I don't do enough of that as it is. But rather than trying to overthink things, um, I'm trying to keep them a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more just with me sort of talking and not tidying them up so much. Anyway, for this episode, there were or I received a few questions from clients and also a couple of people that I've spoken to about training over the past couple of weeks. So this Q&A episode is more focused on the training aspect of things or the training side of things so let's get into it the first question was how long should I be resting in between sets and I really like this one because often we put so much focus on the training itself and the routine and exercise selection that we forget the rest period is an important thing um, it's important because too little of it and we shortchange our results and if we manipulate it, we can actually alter our training for very specific reasons. But basically, just to go into why we rest in between sets. So for anyone who isn't familiar, typically when you do some form of strength training or resistance training, you do a set of repetitions. So let's take some push-ups, for example. You might do as many push-ups as you can and you reach about eight push-ups and that's all you can do um, if you were to try and go to complete failure. So you try and do the ninth and you just can't do another one. As we do that set, we accumulate fatigue um, and we actually accumulate fatigue over the course of a whole of a whole workout. But specifically in the set, we accumulate fatigue. And this is not just in the muscle itself but it's also in our central nervous system. So what we want to do in order to get more workload, in order to get more volume in, which is one of the main drivers of progress and hypertrophy specifically, um, muscle growth, we want to rest. And what that does is that allows our body to recover and allows us to uh, gain more energy for the next set, right? What we want to do when we rest is provide ourselves with an opportunity to go into the next set 
with a decent amount of intensity so that we can get the most out of that set. Now, some people believe that by shortening rest periods, it can increase muscle growth, right? Because you're essentially putting more stress on your body because you're not yet recovered fully. But this isn't correct. In fact, in one important study, researchers tested a moderately high volume workout for the quadriceps comprising of four sets of leg presses and four sets of knee extensions. And everyone did this at 75% of their one rep max. So the intensity was balanced and each set was performed to failure. Now, one group used one minute rest periods and the other group used five minute rest periods. And the interesting thing was the group who used five minute rest periods achieved 14 to 15% more volume. So that's total reps and 13 to 17% more volume load, which is sets times reps times weight. But the even more interesting thing was the group who used five minute rest periods increased their muscle protein synthesis rate by 139%, while the group who used one minute rest periods increased their muscle protein synthesis rate by only 68%. And this was measured over the four hours post-workout. So as you can see, even though a lot of the factors were um, taken into consideration and were kept as normalized as possible, the group who rested for longer saw more benefit from their training. And that's just one example. That's just one bit of research, obviously. And that's not to say that you have to do longer rest periods. Um, as I mentioned before, it all depends on what you want to achieve from your set. You might not want to get the biggest hypertrophic, hypertrophic, hypertrophic <laughs> response from that set. You might want to work on your ability to recover after only having a short rest period. And that's absolutely fine. There are benefits from choosing different rest periods for specific areas of your training. But if you are looking to get the most from your sets in terms of muscle growth and strength, then it's probably worth it to make sure that you are resting enough in between sets and not just rushing through them. So some recommendations. For beginners, I would say one to two minutes rest is probably enough. Uh, especially as you're starting out, just because you're probably not pushing yourself enough where you need longer rest periods, right? You'll be able to recover quite quickly and you'll have a decent amount of energy for the next sets. However, if you've been training a little while and when you get to the point where you're really pushing things, then a good rule of thumb is generally compound exercises, so your big exercises for the day, rest between three to five minutes. And then for accessory work, more like one minute to two minutes and this will obviously depend on the intensity of the set and how knackered you're feeling right some days you'll require more rest than others but those are some good um some sort of good goals right there is another scenario uh, where rest might be shortened and that is in supersets so for anyone who isn't sure what a superset is it's basically where you do an exercise uh, that uses one body part or one movement pattern. So say a push, like a bench press or push-ups, 
And then you immediately follow that with an exercise that works the opposite part of your body so that you are able to condense a lot more workload into a short space of time but without negatively affecting the exercises because obviously if you're doing a push you're going to be using different uh, muscle groups or musculature than your pull exercises and some people will jump immediately to each exercise so maybe they'll do the push-ups and then go straight into their pull movement but I would recommend resting around 30 seconds, 20 to 30 seconds in between those exercises. Again, research has shown that this is just more beneficial because that very brief moment of rest enables your central nervous system to recover a little bit better and also for you to catch your breath. So neither of those will you know, negatively impact the second exercise in that superset. But yeah, really great question. Um, like I say, rest is a really important part of working out. It's a really important part of strength training and resistance training in general. And definitely by resting too little, you can negatively impact not only the intensity, but also the quality of your sets afterwards. And quality especially is something that we really want to focus on, especially if we're doing bigger lifts, right? We want to make sure that the quality of our movement is as high as possible. So yeah, really great question. Okay, so question number two was, my workouts repeat every week. Why is this? This is actually coming from someone who is very much used to doing different workouts every time they do a workout, right? So uh, jumping on random hit workouts and just kind of going with the flow. And this often happens when someone gets into the gym and we put them on a sensible routine. Typically, it will be a three or four day week routine and it will repeat every week, right? So you have, say, workout one, two and three and you'll do that on Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And then the next week, you'll do the same thing. Now, the reason behind this is one of the most important aspects of, I would say, pretty much any form of training, but especially when it comes to resistance training, is progressive overload. This is essentially where we aim to increase the amount of work that we do each time we step in the gym um, on every exercise, whether that be the amount of reps that we're doing or the weight that we're using, or even the amount of sets that we're doing. There are many ways that you can play with it. So for example, if I went into the gym and lifted 20 kilograms for, say, three sets of 10 one week, then the next week I would either keep the weight the same and aim for more reps, so more than 10 reps in each set, or I would increase the weight. And this is what makes our body or causes our bodies to adapt and become stronger and it also gets us to the point where we're pushing our bodies enough and stressing our bodies enough where they adapt or they grow. Um, so especially in the case of muscle growth, we need to look for those sets that become really challenging towards the end of them. Now, the reason why it's important to keep this going for a few weeks or even a few months, especially at the beginning, if you are a beginner, then you could probably stick with the same workout routine for quite a long time. And the reason behind this is when you first start a routine, you'll probably see improvements very quickly. 
And this is because this is down to skill acquisition or basically you're just your body becoming better at a skill, right? If you've learned a skill before or practiced one, you'll find that typically at first you improve very quickly. And that is just your body, your motor neurons and everything adapting and learning that skill quickly. So you're not quite at a point where you're really pushing the movement or really reaching the highest sort of ceiling of your strength. So you need to stick with the movements for long enough so that you get past this initial adaptation phase and you can start really taxing the muscle enough to force growth and to force it to adapt. If you keep changing your workouts from week to week, then you will never get past this point. You'll never get to the point where you're truly pushing yourself and pushing these exercises. And I think some people sometimes think this is necessary jumping around because of a an old myth that that used to hang around kind of like a, a smell of a bad turd. I don't think it's as prevalent these days, but it was quite prevalent a good few years ago, which is this idea of confusing your body, right? Confusing your muscles into growth. And that just isn't necessary, right? Your body doesn't need to be confused into growth. It can't be confused, basically. Your body is smarter than you. What it needs is a very specific stimulus to create the adaptation that you want, whether that is muscle growth or strength or stamina, anything like that. So yeah, if you are jumping around too much, then you are never developing the movements enough and getting good enough at them, not only to execute them with good form, but also to get to that point where you're truly pushing yourself. And that's the really important part. Progressive overload is one of the things, the main drivers of progress. So you want to make sure that you stick with workouts and exercises for long enough that you can progress them to a certain extent. And this won't last forever. Um, obviously, you will reach a ceiling or reach a point where your progress will slow down or even stop. But especially if you're newer and you're starting out, this will take quite a while. So yeah, make sure that you're not hopping from workout to workout and changing things up too often. If there is one surefire way to see results stagnate and to not see progress, program hopping is probably one of the biggest ones. And believe me, I talk from experience on this because I used to do it when I started all the time. I would start with a workout that I'd found online, you know, obviously trying to research the best or the most optimal. And then I would start on it for a while, feel really good about it. And then a few weeks later, once the initial excitement had worn off, I would then start looking for other workouts, right? I was impatient and I thought that results would happen quickly. And so I would get frustrated that I didn't see my arms grow in a couple of weeks. And then browse the forums and find the next quote-unquote optimal arm gaining workout routine and then jump to that next one and funnily enough I didn't see much in the way of results from that. The time when I really started to see progress 
was when I finally decided on a routine. I think it was actually starting strength. Um, yeah, probably one of those and just stuck with it for months. And funnily enough, progressing, getting stronger, working up not only the weights, but also the amount of volume I was working with. That's when I actually started to see changes in my body, but also see changes in the weights that I was lifting. Right. So, yeah, another great question there. So final question. I'm going to keep this one a little bit shorter just because I've realized that I'm already coming up on 20 minutes. How time flies when you're having fun. But this one is about DOMS or delayed onset muscle soreness, which is that wonderful feeling that you feel, especially if you just start training again, maybe after a break or if you've never trained before or exercised before. Um, that wonderful tender feeling that you feel for days afterwards, um, especially after a particularly good leg workout. And the question was, I'm not feeling as sore from my workouts anymore. Does this mean that they're not as effective or that I'm not putting enough effort in? Uh, great one, again, just because uh, DOMS is something that we all suffer with. Uh, but basically, the long and short of it is... No, it doesn't mean that you're not pushing yourself enough. It doesn't mean that your exercises or your workouts aren't doing as much as they used to. DOMS is something that we experience when our body experiences a new stimulus, when we do something new. It isn't related to how useful the workout was or how optimal or how much you beat yourself up. Don't get me wrong. If you go absolute ham on some volume and some exercises and try and beat yourself into oblivion, then yes, you will absolutely feel more sore the next day. But that is not and should never be the aim of exercise. The aim of exercise should always be to go into that gym and do what we need to do to see the specific result that we want, right? To elicit the very specific stimulus that we need. So for bodybuilding or muscle growth, that's going to be more keeping your exercises going close to failure and also making sure that you do enough volume. For more strength-focused stuff or powerlifting stuff, this might be more volume, more sets, but at a slightly lower intensity so that you can practice the lifts. Again, it all depends on the scenario, but the idea should never be to batter or beat yourself into oblivion um, or to punish yourself to a point where you feel sore. When you first start out, you will probably, your doms or the soreness that you feel will probably be the most intense that it will feel. And this can often put people off at first because they think, you know, is this going to be it? Is this the rest of my life now? Am I going to be walking around feeling sore all the time? Fortunately, you don't have to worry about that. The best thing to do is if you are sore from a workout, especially if you are starting something new or you've never exercised before, is to just keep going. Getting the blood flowing will help with recovery and help loosen your muscles up and will just generally make you feel better. And the more consistent you are with your exercise and working out, what you'll find is that that soreness will start to go away. It will start to diminish. I don't know the specific science-y bits behind that. I probably should have researched this before I came on because it would have been quite interesting. But 
for now, all you need to know is that as you train more and train more frequently, that DOMS will subside and you definitely won't feel it as much. There may be times when you, you know, have a particularly good workout and you wake up and maybe your arms are a little bit tender or, you know, your pecs are a little bit tender. But that's perfectly normal and it's definitely not on the level that you get when you first start out. But again, that doesn't mean that your workout wasn't effective. Um, it's just a wonderful side effect of your body adapting and becoming better at not only dealing with stress but also recovering. So yeah, I hope that one has clarified that one. And that is it for the Q&A episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it was useful. I hope it was informative. And if you have any other questions that you would like answered, especially in this kind of format, please feel free to send them in. Either post them on this podcast episode or send me a message via Instagram at rob.ftafitness. I really like doing these episodes specifically because they help me know what people are struggling with or what they want to know about and that's super useful for me as a coach and also as someone doing something like this right where I'm trying to put out content to help people so if you do have anything that you would like answered please feel free to send me a message and until next time take care